to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. She's, she's, she's an, an she's expert. A, she's an expert at babies, man. It's fine. <laughs> That's so funny. Literally her whole world. It is her whole world, man. That's all. Dude, last night she she told me they had they had someone being helicoptered in from Brownwood that had thirty four week twins, oh. and they already had like a thirty six weeker. They were trying to figure out. And then she told me she's like, we only have one admission bed. So she's like, this diet is insane. They just have to constantly kind of mm. rearrange everything, make Gosh. sure people are where they need to be. Yeah, it was insane. Um, but everything went well. I asked her. I was like, it's so funny too because she'll text me just chaos, and then while she's there, yeah, and then like. And then at like three or four in the morning, she'll respond to my goodnight text like that happened a few hours ago. Right. And then then I'll ask her, I was like, well, how'd it go? She's like, well, after about two, it's fine. And then it's just normal. Like, it's so <laughs> yeah, funny, like that so perspective. Hannah. Like for me, I'd be like, oh, like still out of breath from like the chaos like, of it. But it's just normal for her. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like her anyways. Exactly. That's just her personality like, yeah. of like, yeah, it's fine. How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> just go back to that. Oh, well, hey, everybody, let's let's step on over to the PCC. Let's come on over to the PCC. Sit down. Get comfortable. This is Pierce's Culture Corner. We're doing it right. Um, so do what? It's hot in here. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm either way. Uh, so the so the pre to say what I'm talking about, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, which is a video game. Was, okay. Recently released. Nobody cares about Harry Potter pictures. I know, right? You'd be surprised how many people do, though. In, in, in positive and negative ways. I was going to say, don't they about. ever hate her now? Oh, my gosh. It's insane. So so to to refresh, I think a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, something like that, I talked about uh, God of War and how the, all the plot line was seemingly like very anti-cancel culture. It was very much like people can change. People can grow. There were so many of those things in uh, in um, God of War. And I remember saying, well, it'd be really cool to see within some of the video game community and some of these communities, like hopefully that kind of die and get pushed aside. And then Hogwarts Legacy came back and they pulled on cancel culture as hard as they could. They made it <laughs> yeah, cancel culture. Yeah, golly. So like not only the fact that they hate J, uh, J.K. Rowling, which um, the, they have a game because of J.K. Rowling. I know, exactly. So, excuse me, not this audience, but just the general, just the general liberal Gen Z public hate, oh, hate, oh, J, oh, hate okay. J.K. Rowling. And so the people who were, would consider themselves fans of Harry Potter now would say, well, I grew up loving the books, but I hate J.K. Rowling for where she stands now. And therefore, because J.K. Rowling with where she stands now in regards to, to, to clear up a little bit where she's been made. She's made some public all stances. She there's two genders. Right? That's all she said. Right? <laughs> yes. She's made public stances um, from their viewpoint against transgenderism. Whereas from her viewpoint, it's clarity of language. I would say it's probably the better yeah. way to say it. And I don't know all the stories. I haven't read every single article. I haven't done anything. So um, if I say something that's wrong or misquoting anybody, you can correct me. I'm more than okay for that. Um, but from my understanding, from what I've seen, She's presenting a definition for two genders. She's presenting a stance towards that. It doesn't seem to be very malicious, but I have seen some of the Twitter debates where both are really heated. And so it's like people will take her out of context within that, that debate and say, look at how, how malicious she's being. She's responding in kind to how people are responding to her. And there may be good conversations happening, but I don't know. Either way, now what it's become is because this woke culture, whatever you want to call it, hates her and her stance. Therefore, that bleeds into if you buy this video game, you support every single thing she's ever said in regards to these stances. So therefore, you <laughs> fall in that category. And what's crazy about it is that um, I saw I saw a little meme picture that said, girl gets bullied off of live stream for playing Hogwarts Legacy, and they're mocking her for this. And so I went and I did some more research into it. And it was a channel I enjoy. It's a channel called Girlfriend Girlfriend Reviews. And it started off by this girlfriend just watching her boyfriend play video games. And so she was like, I'm gonna review this game just from my perspective. I didn't even I didn't even, I didn't even play it. So it's funny just to That's see her. Funny. Yeah, right. So I enjoyed it. And then it became over time that they would like stream together. And so it was a cool little thing to see their their stuff grow. But they were playing it on a Twitch stream and it got to the point where and I would listen to the clip where so many people are berating them in the chat where he was just like, Hey, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And then you hear her in the background be like, we just, I just gotta be done. Like she's like, she's shutting down based off how much hate they're getting for playing from, a video game, for playing a video game because, yeah. because apparently the act of playing this video game is actively supporting 
every single thing J.K. Rowling has ever stood for, which is also funny too, because I don't know if the game developers decided, okay, we want to fight against that because they put a trans character in the game. And then there's a, there's a woman who mentions that she has to go home to her wife at one point. Um, and so there's a couple of, so I wonder if they're like trying to pander to, to the LGBTQ oh, sure, audience yeah. to be like, Hey, we're fine. We're the, on your side. They're all sales. Exactly. Yeah. Which is funny because I think it was like 12 million in two weeks, which was massive for, for that platform and stuff, which is still, which is still sh- crazy. What it shows is <laughs> that what's actually happening is people can give a crap about her saying what she said. Yeah. It just, it's just, there's a the handful of people yeah. that are making a lot of noise. Yeah, exactly. It, it just sucks that like, there's these individuals that now are like their livelihoods at question. And well, not even that, like, like people are cyberbullying to the point of where somebody's having to cry themselves off of, off of camera to be like, this is ridiculous. Help and me then, understand this. Mm-hmm. Cause apparently I'm a boomer in this, or maybe it's just, <laughs> maybe it's just my personality. Wait, the interweb? I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, you're you're a social media influencer mm-hmm. and you're saying people are bullying you because of their comments. Like I help yeah, me understand this. It's Joe Rogan, who yeah. has the most following of anybody in the entire world mm-hmm. in this in that space, he fixes it for everybody and no one ever listens to him. He literally tells them, Stop reading the comments. Yeah. So help me understand this. Like Which is weird. So like on a, on a Twitch standpoint, if you're streaming you you have your setup. From my understanding, you say you're playing your video game right here, and you have your setup right here of like of what you're seeing on social media. So you play for a little bit, then turn over here and just see how people are responding to that. Sure. And so while I agree with you, I don't personally understand how reading comments can therefore break you down to that point. I don't. I that's don't. What, I don't get that. I really don't. What, yeah. Maybe um, I don't understand that. Maybe it's because I'm not in that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's so, not that's not true. Am and it, and it could just be too. Maybe she's looking down at the comments and seeing people that have been a part of the channel for a long time that are now spitting hate. And she's like, "We were friends. Like you were a part." But it could have been that. It could have been. It could just be that the the level of equating a comment um, on social media to actual communication, like it's more to bust down their door and actually like start yelling at their face. Maybe they equate those two things together mentally. It just feels to me like it's a pansy perspective of it, life. I completely agree. Like the people, okay. People from my generation who are, <clears throat> who created like, um, products, mm-hmm. you get product reviews online. I don't know any of those people personally who are, I don't know, but who are <laughs> like, go read the reviews. Have you seen these product reviews? It crushed me today. They're like, That's true, yeah. I made it, Ten million dollars on this. Who take it? Who take things personally? Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah, that's a good point. She came back full force, and she she released a, like a six minute video. She said, basically explained the whole situation, how how it was, how this is ridiculous, kind of on both ends, and how she explained that it wasn't that I got. She said specifically, I didn't get, I didn't get cried off stream. Um, I was just overwhelming. It was such an overwhelming negative response that I just, we just needed to be done. We just had to be it was only negative. And so she she basically released the review by saying, "We're not going to do a review because this is unbelievable." And so like even from somebody, so they won. Um, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that, and, voices, and that's yeah. what sucks. Yeah. So like basically what they're doing. Yeah. Because what they're doing is they're saying, um, I, th- yeah, I, I, while I agree, I can see from their perspective of them saying, I'd rather pr- protect our income if for the future. So let's just kind of pull off of this and say, Hey, I think is what, that you, true, what you guys though? did was ridiculous. What do you mean? Like that, that they're protecting their income. If that's a statement that makes sense to me, it doesn't make sense to me that it's tied to your emotions. From a business perspective, true. Yeah, yeah I can see that for sure. If, I don't yeah, know. if it's a business I can't, I, obviously, I can't, decision, it's different than yeah. if it's yeah. a personal decision. Obviously, I can't speak for them wholeheartedly. I just if it's know, a business decision, I'm telling you, you're probably not going to be very successful in business. If you're if you're That's affected true. by what people say about your business to that degree, then mm-hmm. it's probably not going to work very well for you. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I would say the same thing for pastors. Yeah. yeah. So I know I'm running running long on this for sure. Um, but just to wrap up, I think that it's. I think that what's so funny is 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 a dem- is a demo- is a demographic <laughs> is that has has for so long preached and proclaimed acceptance, um, preached and proclaimed um, um, equality. Has preached and proclaimed all these things has has only shown through their actions, especially especially over the past few years or so, if not for the, even longer than that, has shown that their goal has never been equality. It's been dominance. Like yeah. if they can squash everybody else's viewpoints down to 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 minimize so that they can therefore be the loudest one in the room, it, that's a that's the goal. It's not equality. It's dominance. It's interesting, uh, and I won't try to go long on this, but I, I'm reading a book right now and. It's okay. I'm not going to recommend it here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the first one was like a 20 to 30 page article written about the internet and how it has changed culture. Mm. And it was arguing that one of the things that it has done is it has made people activists who have no point in being activists. Mm-hmm. And so you see something online, you know, and 
And so the Me Too movement, um, which, like, uh, look, it, the curtain needed to be pulled back on a lot of things. Yep. And and Hollywood needs to be exposed. And that that was good. What happened is there were people who had a bad date, <laughs> right? Like, for real. Yeah. And on their social media, they're like, yeah, guys are jerks, me too. And it's like, no, 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 no. no. You don't yeah. get to do that. Yeah. Like, there are literally people who are being abused. There are literally people who are yeah. being being harmed. Like... And so what people would do is instead of recognizing that this is a tragic thing that is happening to people, yeah. what they would do is they would insert themselves into the situation and feel it personally and make yeah. it personal yeah. because the internet allows you to do that. Mm -hmm. And now everybody applauds you. And so people are being offended personally where they haven't been personally attacked. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. And it was talking about how now there's this false sense of ownership and mm. so what I can do is mm. I can go, look, this is, this should not happen. This was wrong. What I don't need to do is go, and here's how it happened to me too. Like <laughs> yeah, now, listen, yes. I, I'm not talking about legitimate cases. I'm talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. when, when we marginalize those serious issues and make them at Starbucks today, yeah, this guy treated me badly. somebody mm -hmm. cut in line in front of me. You know what I mean? So like, there's a big difference, but people were taking somebody cut in line in front of me uh, at Starbucks as they don't see me as a person. And yeah. it's like, you can't like, and so- That's probably what I meant earlier by like, I, f I feel like this is the pansy part of that. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not the, I'm I'm saying that, I'm trying to say it like, like to be descriptive, not as like just a cut down. Oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't yeah. know a better word to use. It feels to me like culture, I don't think it's generational. I think culture, maybe because of social media has come to a place where everybody's yeah. Everybody's a pansy. Like everybody's, everybody's offended. Everything has to yeah, be personal. And, yeah. And the unfortunate thing is when everybody gets offended personally, I think it actually detracts from the seriousness Absolutely. of the harm. So here are harmful oh, pockets of, yeah. of things that are happening in the world. And instead of being able to acknowledge that there are harmful things happening and making a, a conscious choice that I'm not going to allow those things to be in my family and mm -hmm. I'm not going to allow those things to happen in my circle and I'm going to protect yeah. the people around me. What people are doing instead is they're getting online and they're going, I'm, I'm angry about this because this is how it happened. Like they're making it personal. Mm -hmm. And because now it's so personal, it actually draws attention away from the real harm. Yeah, exactly. But because people are, are making what used to, somebody bumped into me at the grocery store Used to be a thing that like, oh, they bumped into me at the grocery store and now people are attaching it to these huge, actually terrible situations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'll give you an example. And Here's what I mean by it. I have had people ask me to donate art to certain fundraisers. And I used to do that until I would show up at the fundraiser and see my $2,000 painting next to the lady's eighth grade daughter's $20 painting. Ugh. And it doesn't elevate, it doesn't elevate their daughter's painting. It disqualifies mine. Yeah. And so I think that there are serious things happening in our world. Mm -hmm. And I think that because we're, we, people want to make it so personal, they're throwing their little baby situations up against the big things. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're losing focus on the things that really do matter. Mm -hmm. And now it's getting lost in the noise of the trivial things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It seems planned to me. Sorry. Sorry. What, well, which, there's, there's certainly a degree. Oh, there's certainly yeah. a degree. Oh, yeah. There's certainly a degree, I think, I just watched which the that's clip. the case. It was like super long PCC. Sorry. Yeah. It's my fault. <laughs> and I'm the one who said I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, Woody Harrelson on Saturday Night Live recently. Have y'all seen this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he does this monologue at the beginning. And at the end of the monologue, he's, he's talking about how he smokes weed. <laughs> and, and he's talking about sitting at the, uh, at the, at Central Park, smoking a joint one Sunday morning, reading a script. And I don't know how that trend like transferred to this, but he goes, uh, he goes, oh no, it was a script. He says, the script was, <laughs> the script was about a drug cartel <laughs> who, uh, was wanting to force everybody in the world to take their drug. And so what they did is they locked them in their houses for a really long time. <laughs> so they'd be forced to take their drug. <laughs> and then he goes, he goes, he goes, I'll just take the drug. He goes, I smoke weed. I'll, I just do the drug like on my own. I don't, no one needs to force me to do it. And then he's done with the monologue. And you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> he just did that. That's Fantastic. It feels, it it feels, feels on purpose to yeah, me. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Wow, that, um, that was a long piece. So to make it a little bit lighter though, I've been enjoying Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> I, as soon as I started playing, I remember I turned to Hannah and I was like, this is the Harry Potter You're such game an awful been, person. Been, Didn't you hear what she said? Yeah, I apparently I'm, I'm, I'm on the turf bandwagon. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Uh, but 
yeah. So if you if you like Harry Potter and you're playing the game, let me know. <laughs> I want to I want to talk about it from a non political perspective. Just enjoying talk about just, it as the game. Just yeah. enjoying a fantasy world. And yeah. we're we're riding on broomsticks and running around a castle. It's fun. It's fun stuff. Um, Ryan, what are we talking about today? Man? <laughs> Hogwarts. Uh, actually, yeah, no. Uh, Pierce, today we are going to talk about women in the Bible. But Ryan, there's not any women in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Pierce, there are, and uh, they are very, very important. But how do you know they're women? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just to keep it up. <laughs> So we were recently asked to talk about this a little bit. We we were expanding the topic somewhat. Yeah. Uh, and and the person who wrote us, she was like, "Look, I know you're three dudes, but would you would you, would you talk about women in the Bible?" And and I think that uh, I think that first of all, all of us have really amazing wives um, mm-hmm. that we think are phenomenal women and feel very privileged to have in our lives and, uh, and what blessings they are to us and what blessings they are to our kids. And, and it's neat to have them as our wives and to see them as mothers. And, uh, but I I think that the the Bible says so much about women and, uh, from the Jewish perspective, the patriarchy, the, the, uh, line of the covenants and the line of the promises came from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so there is a lot of language about that in the old and the new Testament. And one of the things that I think is interesting, so I'm just going to hit several bullet points here and then we can kind of flesh them out. But like, um, there, there's, there's Deborah, uh, there's Deborah in, in, um, judges chapter four. And Deborah is this prophetess who is, there's no King at this point. Um, there isn't any other mention of any other prophet happening at this point. And she's this prophetess that people are seeking out for her wisdom and God comes to her basically and says, look, you're going to bring about deliverance for my people. And she goes to a guy and she says, look, hey, uh, God is saying that he wants to use you to do this. And he's like, man, I'm scared. Will you go with me? I'm paraphrasing, of course. She goes, sure, but a woman's going to get the glory for the victory then <laughs> because you're a coward, <laughs> you know? And so Deborah leads these people uh, um, along with Barak into battle. Um, uh, Sisera, the general of the army, the wicked army flees. And the story of Jael, which says, hey, come on into my tent. You're tired. You need mm-hmm. to take a nap. And and he goes into this woman's so tent. Conniving. Yeah. He goes <laughs> into this genius. woman's tent and she takes a tent peg. And while he goes to sleep, she crushes it with a hammer, like drives his head into the floor mm-hmm. with his tent peg. And it's interesting and it's subtle. Uh, it's not subtle. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry. It's the, a pretty dainty little the, act that she did yeah. there. <laughs> it was a sewing needle, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, no, the subtlety, what I meant, it, the subtlety of it is that it's a crazy story and people are like, yeah, you know, woman power or whatever. But I think the subtlety of it is that in Genesis 3, God had already said of that the descendant of Eve would crush the serpent's head and the, the serpent would strike his heel. And there's this imagery that happens throughout the Bible of, of, the, yeah, of the enemies of God having their heads crushed. Yeah. And, and so the first time after Genesis 3 that that happens is with this woman who crushes the enemy of the people of God, right? <laughs> and it's super cool because uh, David will crush Goliath's head. Yeah. Uh, there are, there's prophetic texts that say, I'm going to crush the hairy head of Moab and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Golgotha is named, is means the place of the skull. It's where Christ was crucified mm-hmm. and he crushes death. You know, there's like mm-hmm. all this imagery throughout the scripture. And it's super cool uh, that it, there, there's a place um, after, after David has returned from uh, Absalom, has tried to usurp the throne, has, I guess, successfully usurped the throne for a short period. They go to war, they defeat Absalom and his army and David returns to the, to the, uh, to the city, and there, there's a, a guy who is like, no, we're against David. We're still for Absalom. We're done with David. And he flees, and and Joab goes to the city, and they're going to break down the city and go into the city and kill this guy. And the Bible says a woman comes to the top of the wall, and it says that she is known as a peacemaker in Israel, which is super interesting mm-hmm. because there's a, it's a little bit of a description. It could go either way that the city is known as a peacemaker, but it seems that the language is that she's the peacemaker. And she is, she is this wise woman. And she goes, why are you here? And he's like, man, there's a guy that's opposing the king and we're here to get him. She goes, okay, give me a second. <laughs> and his head will be thrown to you over the wall. Mm-hmm. And she comes into the city and she tells the guys like, look, look let's protect our city and let's, let's do this. And they, they find the guy, they cut his head off and throw it over the wall to Joab. And he's like, peace out, you know? But uh, 
Th- there's so these- if you're wondering how women should make peace, <laughs> crush, crush the head, head of your enemies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but but how awesome is it that these women are these like like these powerful people, right? Yeah. Um, there are included in the genealogy of Jesus in the book of Matthew five women, which which is rare. Mm-hmm. Like go, go read. Oh my gosh, it's so stinking boring. But go read the first nine <laughs> chapters of First Chronicles and <laughs> these genealogies. You're not going to find five women's names there. No, nope. yeah. but you find these five women's names in the lineage of Christ, which I think is. Uh, you're probably already going here, but I'm going to jump. No, a please bit. do. Is genius because the genealogy leading up to Jesus is about the redemption story. It's about the gospel, right? So there, there's, there's no question that there's a cultural nuance that seems to be from. Very, very, very early on, post Adam and Eve, right? Where, to your point, if you read the Chronicles genealogy, I don't think that's because Jews hated women. I think because that's the culture. That was, that how was the, the culture, culture was. Yeah. yeah. So like, it, it is your your line goes through the man. I mean, still right. to this day, um, we we take the name of the husband, right? Right. Which side note? I think it's really funny. I saw a post a few years ago where this <laughs> woman was like, "I decided not to take the name of my husband. I'm keeping my maiden name." And someone's response was, well, "I appreciate you keeping your father's name rolling down yes, <laughs> down right. the line." Like <laughs> I saw a similar thing, and she goes, "No, I'm I'm taking my mom's maiden name, which is like your oh your grandfather." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Got go way back. Anyway, so the nuance was that that it, culture was recognized through the, the lineage men. of men. Yeah. So what what's genius about this? genealogy of Jesus is that the gospel story is actually saying, God's saying, I don't care about your culture. Right. I care about people. Right. This is, I think this is exactly what Colossians and Ephesians says in Christ. There's now neither Jew nor Greek, male or female, right. slave or free. So like he's taking down all the walls of cultural um, divisions and saying in the gospel, there is no division. Right. There is no distinction between male and female. Yeah. Or like Austin said that one time, he's like, wait a minute. Wait, what do you mean there's no dis- difference between men and women? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, the, uh, biologically, yes. Like, sure. But like, in Christ, there's no, the man is not better and the woman no. is not better. Yeah. And in fact, I'll say this. I have a really hard time with someone who proclaims to be a Christian that struggles for either women's rights or men's rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Culturally, here's what I mean. I don't, I don't mean that you're not, you're not acknowledging that there are potentially injustices in certain areas of the world and that mm-hmm. you're like speaking out against that. What I mean is, is if your mantra your identity is I'm yeah. standing up for the rights of women or I'm standing up for the rights of men or I'm standing up for the rights of this one particular thing. You're actually negating seemingly the way that God has laid out the story of the gospel, right. the redemption story. I have no problem saying, I don't like these particular injustices. I don't like it. But when it becomes, that's what I mean. When someone stands up for it and becomes an activist for this particular issue, you're actually, I think, putting the weight in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the story of the gospel, to your point, just in the genealogy, God throws in the, the face of the culture yeah. this viewpoint that men are the only the only way to carry on that, right. that power. Yeah. You know? Well, side note, but I'm not going to take it. I don't think right now. But like uh, Josiah, King mm-hmm. Josiah, he comes along. Um, they are they are deciding to rebuild the temple. Um, it's not really clear why he's decided to do that. But in the in the because it's they're kind of returning to God, but at this point they haven't found the book of the law. So in the, in the time that they're rebuilding the temple, they find the book of the law hidden mm-hmm. in a wall, right? And they bring it to Josiah and he reads it and he's like, oh crap, we are mm-hmm. in trouble. We haven't been honoring God at all. Mm-hmm. And the, the very first thing he does is seek a prophetess. Mm-hmm. And he goes to her and he's like, what do we do? And, and she tells them that judgment is coming because the people have not been honoring God, but because of Josiah's repentance, this is what's going to happen for Josiah. And, and like, there are these brilliant women in the Bible, like just brilliant that we just kind of, I don't know, skip over uh, because a yeah. lot of them aren't aren't given names, you know? So like you have the major prophets, you have Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, but but we miss these these female prophetesses. We miss these people. You, you've got Phoebe in the New Testament in, Re, in Romans 16, who's called a deaconess. Yeah. And you, you still have churches that debate whether or not women can be deacons. I want you to think about this for a minute. The Greek <laughs> word means servants. We are debating whether or not women can serve in the body of Christ. <laughs> Which is funny because we're not actually debating that. We're debating whether that's the word that should be used. Right. What I mean is, but we're not debating that, is every church I've ever been to, every church I've ever heard of, 
probably the majority of the people serving the, other people in the church are the yeah, women. Yeah, true. No yeah. one has a problem with it. No. No no dude who doesn't like women deacons has ever had a woman bring him soup when he's sick and gone, get out of my house. Yeah, you're insane. Like, no. <laughs> and and what's crazy is in Luke 8, it mentions several of the women who are following Christ. And it, and so it mentions, let's see here. Uh, there were 12, the 12 were with him and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. There was Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had gone out. There was Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager. And there was Susanna and many others who provided for the disciples in Christ out of their means. Mm. So there are these women who it's, it's totally the Proverbs 31 woman who has her own income, her own means, her own ability. And she is using her means to further uh, the message of Christ and yep. supporting, like, you don't see any other place where it says the men were coming along doing this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And like- That I think is is the part of the reason that you mentioned earlier, we don't talk about it. Because I think what we tend to do culturally now in in modern Western church is we put all the emphasis on what we would call um, like the noticeable gifts. Right. We put all the emphasis on the ones who are seen yeah. Um, not recognizing that there is first Corinthians 12, that it's, it's the same weight. Yeah. Every part of the body has the same weight. So for us to say that, like, here, here's my thought. I think that God has made women the way they are on purpose mm. that, that my kid, my kids would be terrible if I was their mom, <laughs> they would be awful. <laughs> like just wretched creatures who like, can you imagine like, Aiden was telling me something about situation with one of their football coaches recently. And every bit of me is like, I'm going to just call him a dick. Like, <laughs> you know why they don't do that? Because my wife's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like she nurtures them and her whole heart. Like the reason she stopped working, not right or wrong. The reason she stopped working is because she wanted to invest into the kids that way. Yeah. Wonderful. Like, when my wife gets sick, I am at a loss because I don't know, I don't know how to like I'm gonna do my best to take care of her, but like it's different than when it is. I'm mm-hmm. sick. And so that's what I mean. I think God made him a certain way. And I think to negate that, that that's because culture, we might say, I think some women might feel like culture says that's worthless. And what I'm saying is what the scripture speaks of, at least in the body of Christ, is that that has exactly as much weight and value as it does to yeah. someone who's standing in front of people yeah. and teaching. Yeah. And for yeah. us to for women to ever feel like they're less because God has given you more of a tendency that direction, yeah. not every woman, but most of them, is to negate that you are an essential part mm-hmm. in your being, in your in just your tendencies that God has given you of of what goes on in ministry. Yeah. They yeah. were taken care of, Jesus well, and disciples and, by women. And you're a little bit ignorant, and that's not a bad thing. That, you call Mike ignorant? No. <laughs> but <laughs> but, but people in general are a little bit ignorant. If you don't know what you don't know, right? Like yeah, it's, yeah. That's, that's ignorance. That's okay. We can fix ignorant. We, it's harder to fix stupid. But, mm-hmm. uh, but, I, I've been to India. I, I've I've been to Indonesia. It took you a second. I know. I was yeah. like, I was waiting for the next part. I, I, I yeah. pause. Yeah, yeah. There was that pause. Then I was like, okay, I was in India. <laughs> yeah. But but I've been to India. I've been to Indonesia. And and when we would go into these little village churches, and we would have a church service, probably eighty to ninety percent of the people that were there were women and kids mm-hmm. because the men are out working. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when we see in John 6, the 5,000 men, because that's how they counted the yep. Jewish culture, not counting, the text says, women and children, the group's probably quite large. It's probably women's heavy, you know? Mm-hmm. And and these, these women are instrumental in the dissemination of the gospel. So not yeah. only do we see women who are supporting the ministry of Christ— um, I, I would argue that Mark 16 actually ends in verse eight. Uh, if, if you go to Mark 16, you'll see that it, it goes down to through, through like verse 24 or whatever. And most of Bibles, I think every Bible that I've seen will have a little footnote that says the, the oldest, oldest manuscripts. Yeah, yeah. And the manuscripts. most reliable do not have past verse eight. And so Mark ends his book. Somebody added another section later. Mark ends his book with the testimony of the women who proclaimed the resurrected Christ. That's probably why they added some. Probably so. <laughs> I mean, honestly. I mean, yeah. it's cool. it's been cultural for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And and so the, the first people who saw the resurrected Jesus were women and they took it to the apostles and the apostles didn't believe them. And they're bearing the testimony of Christ, right? Uh, you have Priscilla and Aquila who are never mentioned individually. 
They were always mentioned, husband and wife, always mentioned together. And you have a lot of people who argue, this is a whole nother topic for another time, but I do want to touch on it now. So you have people say women can't be pastors. Well, it depends what you mean. It, 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 mean, it depends if you mean like a, a cultural connotation or a biblical connotation or denotation, whatever, right? But like- You have to make a case, I had this conversation recently, that- the role of an overseer, which we, you would have a hard time saying that the role of an overseer described in the New Testament could be a woman. Right. Based on first Timothy three. So you'd have yeah. to, if, yeah. if we agreed on that statement, then you would have a hard time, I think, or what you'd have to do is you'd have to say that the role of an overseer is also tied to the other mentions of pastoral work yeah. or to be clear, shepherding, which right. is what the word means. The, you'd have to tie all of those together that, that every time the word pastors use, it is inferring or an elder, referring or to an overseer. elder over overseer. If you cannot do that, then this is kind of where we land now. Right. Is we're saying we think there's a more generic term used in the idea of a shepherd or a pastor that is not referring to necessarily being an overseer. Right. So mm -hmm. we we think that based on First Timothy three, every overseer is a husband. Uh, yeah. a, a, right. And every overseer is qualified as a pastor. Yes. But not every pastor is an overseer. Mm -hmm. So pastor, you alluded to it a minute ago, Micah, is, comes out of 1 Corinthians 12. It does mean shepherd. Uh, and here's this list of this gifting. And the giftings aren't divided. And yeah. And the, and the gifts aren't divided along gender lines. Mm -hmm. Are there women who shepherd? Are there women who, who care for the people of God? 100%. Are, are there women who are teachers? 100%. Mm -hmm. Are there women who are pastor teachers? 100%. Do they care for the flock? Do they teach the flock? Do they disciple the flock? Yes. And I think Priscilla and Aquila is a perfect example yeah. of that yeah. because they had a church in Rome. We first meet them in Acts when uh, when Paul fled to Corinth and they have fled Rome because the emperor has moved all Christians out of Rome. Mm -hmm. And so now they have a church in Corinth with Paul mm -hmm. and then they go to Ephesus where they have a church there. And then in his letter to the Romans, they're back in Rome and they have a church there. And so Priscilla and Aquila were the shepherds. They probably would have had a billboard with both of them on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> they would have. But but the, but they they were the shepherds of a body yeah. in Corinth. They were the yeah. shepherds of a body in Ephesus. They were the shepherds of a body in Rome. And they pastored. And so like So you're you're actually and just to make the point, because I think we should do a whole episode on this because it would be really interesting. But I do too, but I where think where we yeah. where our our leaning is is that the description of the function of the role of a pastor or shepherd um, does not have any gender inference in the text. Correct. Mm -hmm. And so what we're saying is like, it's funny because people are like, how do you feel about women pastors? It's it's hard to answer that question because we don't know what you mean when you ask us by right. pastor. Do you Are you referring yeah. to how most people call pastor now? Are you referring is, to overseers? Most people, when they say I'm the pastor of a church, what they mean is I'm one of the overseers or Correct. I am yeah. the overseer. Um, so if that's what you mean, then no. If what you mean is actually, which I would say you probably have an incorrect description of what that role is. Agreed. Yeah. If you're saying women pastors in terms of like, do I believe women function in the role of shepherding or, or function in the gifting of shepherding? shepherding I would have, teaching. You would say, I have a hard time saying in the, from the text, just from the text, that there's a gender, like this is only for men in re regards to that. And I get it. One of you told me recently, I won't call you by name, like that you feel personally like those words should be interchangeable. Um, which I think is a longer conversation to be had. Sure. Um, I don't feel that way contextually. Like I have a right. hard time seeing that in the text, um, which this person knows because I asked some questions about it. But like- We would argue that an elder is also a pastor. Yes. But not the other way around. Yes, correct. Yeah. So so if if that's what you're asking, do I, do I have a problem with women functioning in the role of a shepherd? No. Heck no. And most- I'll say it this way. Most Southern Baptist churches I've preached at don't either. They just call them children's directors. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, you so, actually asked the woman to shepherd your kids. Yeah, yeah, and and it's interesting because I forget who it was, so I'm not trying to out anybody because I don't remember who told me this, but <laughs> they they argued. Oh, I do remember. Anyway, they argued. Tell us. Tell us. I won't. <laughs> uh, we all went to it. We all went to a luncheon, uh, oh. and and they argued that women should not teach boys past the age of twelve. Oh, you could say that name. That's yeah. Funny. Uh, yeah, but I don't remember it. I don't, I don't, I don't, there's, I, I don't think there's any point in trying to do that. No, right I'm with now. You. So, I do remember the name, but I'm not going to yeah, say it. There's not a point in that. So they said that because, because boys become men at 13, using a Jewish model for that, by the way, which is super weird. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he said, women aren't allowed to have authority over men. Now, 
we can talk about that another time. That's a different podcast completely. Yeah. It's stupid to say that women can't teach. Like, I mean, I remember being at Passion 99, and this is going to open a can of worms, but at Passion 99, there were there was Gig, uh, Louis Giglio, there was Piper, and there was, uh, um, what's her name? Beth, uh, Beth Moore. Moore. Yeah, Beth Moore. And all of them were brilliant. Yeah. All of them were brilliant. You can have, we can have a discussion another time about where you think Beth Moore sits today. I don't care. But, but in 99, it was brilliant. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't think that there were any of us who were, you know, 99, I was almost 24. I wasn't going, wow, I'm deeply offended by this woman teacher. Like <laughs> she was, she was shepherding us mm -hmm. and she was, she was whatever you want to say now, she was leading us into the truth of God mm -hmm. and she was showing us the scripture and like, and, and so, like, I, th I think that women have a more prominent role in the scripture than people have given them. Mm -hmm. I, I think you look at, uh, you look at Paul meeting. Can we change that statement real quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe. I don't care what people give them. Yeah. This is what I mean. Like, the, the scripture should never fall under cultural comfortability. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. what we should say is the scripture is actually contrary to how cultures have typically viewed women. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, yeah, so. That's kind of what I'm taking. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, you're not. Um, fine. But take, but going off that as well, I think I think what we've done uh, just as a culture is is exactly that is elevate a cultural view of what is what of what is good of what authority is of what is right to and therefore we brought that cultural view to the to the scriptures that and, bias and yeah because I remember having a conversation with uh, not even from a scriptural standpoint just just like worldly feminism just yeah. basics of that and then they they had brought up a lot of things that were happening in the 60s um, and women beginning to wear pants to work and women uh, there's all like the burning of bras and stuff like that there's all these different things that were happening in regards to um, that social movement. And I, one of my questions was why... They should, if they'd known what was coming with the fast food movement, they should have just kept them for their future sons and... <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, but the but, bro. Uh, but yeah, apart from transgender stuff, the, I remember asking, like, why? Why is pants the standard? Like, right. why you? Why, why is, is why is you wear? Why why are you wearing pants at work? Show dominance because the the goal in, or not dominance, but like the goal in that moment wasn't necessarily view me equally. It was view me as a man or like, or <laughs> basically like, yeah, yeah. And I don't mean in a transgender way. I just, no, no. Mean, I just mean in the way of like the men are the standard. So therefore I need, I need to fit your standard. And so right. that's how, how cultural feminism works. And so therefore what they, what they've done is they've taken this cultural feminism and gone to the scripture and say, well, men do this, 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 and this, and I don't see women doing this, 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 and this. So therefore the women are lesser than men across the board because of, a cultural, because of a cultural viewpoint, instead of looking at the exact way, uh, you just said it, but you cry. I forget how you, um, but you had said that there's, there is, that women are much more prominent than we tend to think. Um, and I think, it's oh, I think, I think it's because. The scripture speaks in contrary to what culture means. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The speaker, you speak, the scripture, you say, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> so here's, here's my thought. I think, I think you're right. I think for a long time, people, maybe more specifically women have tried to fix the cultural viewpoint by becoming like men. Absolutely. And I think that's what I was saying earlier by like how God has given women and men tendencies. Yeah. It's not acknowledging your tendencies. Mm -hmm. um, it's not acknowledging that like maybe God built women and men a certain way to function in different roles. In fact, I yeah. would make that case from the scripture, how we right yeah. how we, how we teach sex from the scripture right. is this perspective of a, a picture that God of God's intimacy, his relationship with his people. Yeah. Um, and that happens because one's picture does a man and one's picture does a woman. Ephesians right. 5, the husbands are instructed to love, love their wives like Christ loves the church. Mm -hmm. The women are instructed to submit to their husbands as to the Lord. So like there's this, which is funny because no one ever talks about before that when it says submit to one another. I don't right. It's the same word submit. Right. He's not saying to only to the women submit. He's just saying in the picture of Jesus in the church, the women are representing the bride. Right. So in the way that you represent the bride, submit to the husband because it's showing the picture of how the bride the gospel, submits. Yeah. So it's not saying the woman's less. It's saying you fit in the role of the tendencies God has given you in this exactly. picture. So I think what, what has happened in the church now is you have this egalitarian movement, which isn't actually trying to give a biblical perspective of women. No. What it's doing is it's exactly what you said earlier. It's trying to put pants on women in a culture where they only wear skirts. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to fix it. What's the only thing that's going to fix it culturally is for the church to start acting like the church where there's now yeah. no more Jew, no more Greek, no more slave, no more male, no more female. It's, it's all, we're all one in Christ. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. when it's, that's when the gospels proclaimed correctly is when women stop trying to fight for the rights to become like men mm -hmm. and they start living in a way that God has like 
push them towards, intended them yeah, towards. You yes. are the picture of the bride of Christ in in that relationship. So function in that role as were, a wife. As, as a wife. sorry, yeah, yeah. And then as women, that's like not everybody. Yes, yeah. as a as a woman, like I think what you see across the scripture is there are there's a vast like like they function all these different roles. You have people like. Deborah, and you have yeah. people that are like women that are strong. You have you have someone like Esther who's yeah. willing to stand in the face of of culture and and, and face sudden death, knowing God, that it's God coming. used a woman to preserve the people of Israel, his entire yeah. nation. Yeah, through one yeah. woman. Yeah, you have then you have you have meeker women like the ones taking care of Jesus and his disciples. It's two different women. Like yeah. even women would say, well, we're not all the same. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, and we've talked a lot about how we three personalities are different. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and to try to pigeonhole women into one category and say like, you know, like it's just, it's just dumb. It's uh, the, the woman who came and we're not given her name, but the woman who came and anointed Jesus's feet, poured the, 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 the nard over his feet, right? It was perfume that cost a year's wages pours it over his feet, washes his feet with her tears, wipes it. He, Jesus says of her, what this woman has done will be proclaimed in the whole world. We're still talking about her, mm-hmm. you know? Like here's this know woman. Her name. Right. The, the women who went to anoint Jesus after his burial, mm-hmm. like, like none of the dudes are doing that. <laughs> yeah. None of the, they're all, they're all at home crying. Yeah. Like, look, cliches are cliches for a reason. And I do think it's funny because, uh, that, that women, they just seem a little bit tougher in some areas. Yeah. yeah. So Asher got really sick a couple of weeks ago and at his worst was running 103 and a half fever. Was miserable, wasn't leaving the couch. And he started feeling better. Uh, took four or five days, and but still just really worn out, just yeah, exhausted. Yeah. And I started getting a sore throat and I started feeling all the crud. And I was like, oh man, I'm getting it. And for whatever reason, like, that stuff will hang on. I'll I'll have that stuff, the precursor to being sick for like a week. And then all yeah. of a sudden it just kills me. And Michelle's like, I'm not going to get it. And I'm like, I know you're not because <laughs> you, you, you just don't. And when you do, it's for like two hours and then you're just back to it. And yeah. it's just, she amazes me. And even when she does get sick, she's like, oh, it's okay. I, I've had a headache the whole day, but I'm fine. I'm like, man, I've had a headache the whole day and I'm done, <laughs> you know? And, and so uh, I, that's some cliche stuff, but like y- you have... You have Paul in Acts 16. He's, he goes to a place where he says, we supposed was a place of prayer. And they meet Lydia and all these other women there who were washing clothes, right? And uh, and so one of the one of them, I guess they're washing clothes. I don't know. But he goes there. So cliche. Yeah. That's sexist of you. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, <laughs> we were outside the gate, the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we went down and spoke to the women who had come together. So we don't know why they're there. I think people told me they were down there washing That's clothes. Funny. Said, it's really, That's funny. We know women funny. and their laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I've been told my whole life. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's so funny. So one who heard us there was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, uh, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized, her and her household as well, she urged us to stay with them. And they did. And so he goes down to this place. We're going to find a little place of prayer. Here are some women. And he, she's a worshiper of God. Mm-hmm. Um, he explains Christ. She believes. Her entire household believes. Now she's like, look, you got a place to stay every time you come through here. Come and stay with us for a little bit. Like, th- there are women who are, like, leading the charge in these kinds of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. And then she gets up and fixes him some stuff to eat. Like, yeah. right then. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know? And granted, If it was a dude, granted, he would have moped for the next three days about right. being, about being Granted, sick. she's just miraculously been healed, sure. right? Yeah, but, yeah. like, she's like, hey, you want some food? I mean, I think and, the lesson there is when Jesus heals you, you just go cook. That's right. right. It's, right. it's time to eat, <laughs> you know? Um, it, it's, it's the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years, mm-hmm. and she comes up behind Jesus, and she's like, man, if I just touch his garment, I'll be healed. And, and it's the, it's the Greek woman who comes to him and says, my daughter's at home and she's, she's having seizures. Mm-hmm. And he says, away from me, you know, I'm only here for the, the, the children. And she goes, look, she goes, even the dogs get to eat the crumbs. And he goes, man, I haven't seen this kind of faith anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And like he heals her daughter and she's a Greek woman. She's not a Jew. And, and yeah, I've heard that text be made sexist instead of heard the fact what? that she's a Gentile. Yeah. I've heard that text be used as she's calling herself or he, Jesus is calling her a dog because she's a woman, not because oh, she's so a Greek. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. Golly. I couldn't tell you who taught me that, but I remember Dumb. Yeah, probably the seven ten whenever we discussed it, it kind of being a light bulb. Like, well, yeah, duh, it's obvious right there. She's a Greek woman. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And I've the children of are the Jews. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's, 
women, women in the Bible, and I, I love your point, Micah, uh, and I think it's a valid one that we probably need to flesh out a little bit more, but not all of these women are the same. Not everybody's a Jael who's going to shove a tent no. peg through a dude's head. I yeah. know those women. Um, yeah. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially because uh, we're lighthearted in that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, uh, the point is, what, what, and, and that thought is like, what we have ten, tended to think culturally, like there's a distinction between men and women. We've put that too much in categories that aren't actually the distinction. Yeah. You know what I mean? The distinction are things, are things that you see across the scripture. I think like yeah. the way that women serve and the way they serve, like you yeah. don't see that amongst men very often. You don't, you know what I mean? The way that they seem to, to, to like, like make it through tough situations a little bit better um, than, than men in those things. I mean, I think there's some distinctions on the other side too. Like you don't see women often running headlong into war and that could have been a cultural thing. I personally think that's not ingrained. Like, yeah, like most women, granted there's the exceptions, right? Someone's going to shove a tent peg through a dude's head, right? There's the exceptions. There's the Debra's and there's most women, um, would rather take care of people during those situations. And most men, Hmm. A lot of men would be the ones to run headlong into war. I'm not sure that's the case anymore because I think we live in a kind of a pansy generation now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why'd you point at me, man? Because <laughs> you mentioned it earlier. No, so I think that's the distinction. Is like we, we, it's it's what you were talking about with pants and skirts earlier. Yeah, we're talking about the wrong things. Absolutely. Like people want us to talk about women from the Bible from the perspective of let's make women wear pants to use that allegory. Mm-hmm. That's well, not what the Bible does. What the Bible does yeah. is says that. That that there are these women that God has used through history for His purpose yeah. and His plan, and there's literally no difference between them and the men. Heck no. None. Well, and to your point, you've already referenced it twice, but Galatians three, right? That if anyone is in Christ, he is put on Christ. There is now no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, because in Christ we're all one. Over in First Peter three, I think it's seven and eight, he says that husbands should should regard their wives with grace because they also are heirs of the kingdom of God along mm-hmm. with you. Like our wives yeah. are fellow heirs. They're not lesser than, nope. they're not mm-hmm. smaller than. That's maybe where uh, I think men in our modern culture as believers have have succumbed to a cultural viewpoint. Like, yeah, which I want to get your take on this in a second, but like we will take verses like when Paul says in, is in Corinthians, yeah, I, I don't allow women to speak um, in, yeah. in the gatherings. Um, we, we take those like little nuanced things and we say, we say, see, the women are less. And we take, men almost take this like cultural viewpoint right. into the church. And, and I'm not talking about churches. I mean, into the body of Christ yeah. um, and how we interact with one another instead of um, letting the scripture be the thing that shapes us. Instead of like that yeah. one statement, there's no longer, we're all one in Christ. There's no longer those right. distinctions. I don't know how that's not foundational for us in everything we do and how we interact with each other. And I think when it's not the case, we're wrong. Yes. Well, we take, we take a text like first Corinthians, we ignore the culture of first Corinthians, and then we make it this general statement across the board. It's so dumb. It is. And I mean, they worshiped a goddess. Yeah. That's how the whole culture of Corinth was built around the worship of a woman God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They would go into the temple and sleep with the temple prostitutes as worship of the goddess. Listen, like, so you've got Abimelech, the son of um, uh, Absalom. No. Who is it? Gideon. Gideon's son. You have Abimelech, the son of Gideon who goes to a tower, he's going to burn the tower down and a woman drops a millstone on his head to kill him, right? Another warrior woman. But you've got, uh, you've got Rahab who was a prostitute in Jericho. And, and I'll just tell you, I'm pulling back on this a little bit. Uh, when I wrote about this in the shadow, I made it like almost that she was dirty. She was profane because she was a prostitute, but in, in her culture, it's possible. The Bible does not tell us it's possible. She was revered as whatever goddess they were serving. Have you ever watched a... Uh, I haven't. Whatever you're going to say, I haven't watched There's a, like a cheesy martial arts movie with that, whoever that super famous Chinese woman martial arts lady is. It was like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, yeah. That lady where she's like, she runs a brothel, but she's like this... Most respected person yes, in the community. Yes, because yeah. of the business. And I th- yeah. I've always thought of Rahab in that way. It could be totally wrong. But could like, be. Where, where she's like... She's not the one who's just a prostitute. She's the one who's she's like running the business. Yeah. But whatever it is, she's brought from paganism, that we can say, and she's married into the people of God and she becomes the great-great-grandmother of King David, right? Mm-hmm. Then you've got Bathsheba. Uh, you've got, you've got um, Ruth, who's mm-hmm. mentioned, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and Ruth proposes to Boaz. 
Like the where she, where she goes to him on the threshing floor and she grabs his covering that's over his feet and covers herself. Culturally, that was her because she's coming into his bed and she's yep. covering herself. She is saying, "Hey, would you marry me? Would you mm-hmm. take me as your wife?" Like, and you're just like, "Go, man! Like, yeah. That's awesome!" You know, like, <laughs> and and so there are these. Women, there's Mary hey, who is can a we teenager. Say that real quick? Yeah, we we take too many cultural things that aren't biblical as most important. Yes, mm-hmm. um, like that conversation about who should propose to who. Like, I think there's a lot of nuances in that conversation. Sure. But can we just admit that there's no right or wrong? No, yeah. heck, no. I. I don't. I mean, yeah, we can admit that. There's no right or wrong. I don't personally, for a lot of reasons, I'll say it this way. I like the idea of the husband or the man in that situation being the one who pursues, being the one who. Yes. I like it, but let's just admit, biblically, there's no right or wrong in those kind of things. Well, there's, God pursued us and men are supposed to be the pursuers. But. I feel like that picture. yeah, Yeah. But I don't know, like to your point, the man may have been pursuing the woman for a long time. And then the woman's like, Hey, marry me, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. because we, we see that kind of response to God, you know, like, yeah. Oh man, I'm in <laughs> like, yeah. let's do this thing. But you've got Mary who is presumably a young woman, a teenager. And the angel doesn't come to Gabriel doesn't go first to Joseph and say, look, I need you to tell Mary this. Like, he, he comes he to Mary. He's like, Mary, did you know? Yeah. <laughs> right? But he, he comes to Mary and expounds this truth to her and then goes to, to Joseph and says, basically, you need to get over it. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to divorce this pregnant woman. So, But like, Mary was the one who was entrusted with those things. Um, you know? And and it's just... Yeah, we I, don't even know if, if he would have gone to Joseph if Joseph had responded differently. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I mean, I'm not making a case for that. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, like, we don't know. The point but, was, it, it wasn't going to Joseph, even though even though Joseph is the one that is in the genealogy. Right. Like, the, the point was, like, the yeah. message was given to Mary. Yeah. And and there are these things that are just deeply profound. Um, like, I, I just think, I think people t- tend to talk about women primarily from a 1 Corinthians 14 perspective, yep. you know. Um, can they be pastors? That, can they be? Can they speak in the church? That kind of thing. That's the only thing I hear people talking about with women on big stages. That's yeah. always the conversation. And I, I'm still, I still think that the, I think there's this underlying premise when people speak of the, the well, when they talk about the conversation of women pastors. Mm-hmm. I still think people are actually having a conversation about that from a non-biblical perspective. Yes. I and think they're so, talking about overseers. They're using yeah. definitions differently than the scripture does. Now yeah. I get it. I, I, I'll say this. I would be incredibly interested for someone to come and make that case to me. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I don't see it right now. I don't see any specificness in the description of the role or the gifting of pastor for not talking 12. about yeah. overseer elders. Right or bishop, or however you want to translate the word in Timothy and Titus. Right. I'm talking specifically- First Corinthians the, 12. First Corinthians 12 of the Ephesians 4. Like, yeah. like I don't I don't see how you could say those are- um, Gender specific. Gender specific, yeah. contextually. You, I, I'm waiting to hear that. So like, here's my point. If you can't make that case, then what we actually have to admit is one, either we're using the word pastor wrong mm-hmm. in culture. And what I mean by wrong is like, that's too wrong. That's too harsh of a way. We're using that term to describe something that's different than what that text is describing. Mm-hmm. I don't actually have a problem with with people using culturally the word, I'm the pastor of a church. Right. Because I think it's what culture understands. What I'm saying is, is hopefully what you're implying in that is that you're the shepherd. There's a lot of pastors I've met who aren't shepherds. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think at that point, you got to, you got to admit, like, I'm not really a pastor. Yeah. In that. And that's, it, but that might be a thing where you've had that term used your whole life a certain way, but you've never yep. had it actually biblically defined. Exactly. And that's what I mean by I think mm-hmm. people are having a non-biblical conversation. They're taking yeah. that premise of how they've always viewed pastor yeah. and letting that be the premise for the conversation rather than what the scripture says about, right. Right. about that. So that's what I think a lot of that conversation comes from. To your point, like people are talking about women in the church from a perspective that the Bible's not actually talking about. Right. I'll say this, we are not egalitarian. Mm. Like we're not in that category uh, because I think a lot of times those people are what they actually are saying are women should be this is what they're saying women should be overseers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I feel exactly the same way about that. Like you can't give me a biblical case for that. Absolutely. So I'm basically kind of shooting middle finger at both of those sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not literally, but like you know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying like <laughs> I, I think both of you are having conversations around culture and not around scripture, and that always leads to a bad place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've had, I've, I've heard several people I've seen online 
that what they'll do is they'll 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 say if I don't see, <clears throat> excuse me, if I don't see if I when I'm looking for a new church, if I don't see a woman pastor on staff, I won't go visit that church. It's you know and, what that sounds like. It mm. sounds like the homosexual community saying, "I'm not going to go to church unless they affirm." That's exactly what what you're doing is you're elevating a a more so cultural stance over what over over Christ. I mean, it goes back as well the the, the topic you've talked about, Ryan, where you got a phone call from. Uh, somebody who used you as a reference phone number for a job at a church and they spent an hour talking about all these different things. And you said, well, do you want to know about what he thinks about Jesus? <laughs> like, yeah. At the, so, end, at the end of the interview, they're yeah. like, are there any questions we should have asked? I was like, well, you didn't ask me once what he thought about Christ. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so like, kind of cool. So yeah. I, I will visit this church as long as they have a woman on staff, but what's, what do they believe? I don't know. They have a woman right. on staff. So like now don't, don't, don't get me wrong. There are people who hold fast that stands that, that, that are probably not as extreme all the way over there, but what, no. but, but what it has, no. to, but it has to imply is that though, is no, that yeah, I don't think you, I don't you. think you can make that statement without That's saying true. you're far over there. Yeah. Whether you know it or not, you've just put yourself in that camp. That's exactly this right. This is what I mean. Like, yeah, I don't think people think through what they're actually saying. Yeah. They get, they get in this, like, Ooh, it feels good to be on this, like mm-hmm. this camp or this. And they're like, they just get jump on the high horse. Yeah. And the high horse, like you like to <laughs> the say. High the high road. The high road. Cause that was correct. That was great. They're getting on their high horse. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, you're correct. <laughs> so you need to switch it for this sake and say yeah. they got on their high road. They got on their high road over there. <laughs> and if you want to pick a camp, that's fine. I just think your camps are wrong. Yeah. Well, and we have to, we have to acknowledge, like we have to, we have to seek to be biblical. I'll, I'll give you an interesting thought. This is just a thought. Um, so uh, Acts 1, in those days, Peter stood up among the brothers and the company of persons was in all 120. The brothers there is Adelpho. It implies the whole group. Right? It's like saying you guys. Yes. Use guys. Uh, and, use, hey, use guys. And so then jump down to chapter two and it says when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. So the assumption is that it's this group again, yeah. right? That's the assumption. They were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entirety of the house where they were sitting. Divided tongues appeared and rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It would be impossible. No, it's just the men. I know. It would be impossible for you to argue this was just dudes. <laughs> right. No, yeah. It would be impossible. No, because you'd see that across the rest of the scripture, right. the rest of the yeah. New Testament yeah. from there on out. It would be and, like, no, only men get this. And then they're now speaking. The the collection of them are now speaking. In language that everybody can understand. Yeah. yeah. So, so. Or they're speaking in a way where people from all over the world who've come it, for this Jewish celebration. It stands can to reason because it describes the full company of them. There have to be women in this group. Well, we wouldn't say from Ephesians. We wouldn't say from Ephesians one that we're that only men are marked in Christ with a seal. No, which is mm-hmm. in essence what's going on in Acts. Yeah. So like and, to to yeah. make that my point is like if you were going to make the case that Acts chapter one that only the men received those the Holy gifts, Spirit then you'd so, have to yeah. say Ephesians one is only speaking of men that are marked in Him with a seal, the promised yeah. Holy Spirit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And and so Peter is the one who then speaks out and brings some clarity to it. Yeah, you know, um, but. I don't know, man. Um, which is, which is, I'll say, the majority of the time, yeah, in the scripture, it is a man speaking. Yeah, it is. Which that's my that's my point is like I don't understand why that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if we, this isn't about equality has always been a stupid word to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, because if you fight for equality, you will always lose because there's always someone better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In that term, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like I think you know, like it's just stupid to say, like, I think all disc golfers should be the same. <laughs> yeah. I should, we should all tie every single tournament. Well, you're yeah. a freaking idiot. Like you're always, you know what I mean? Like equality is the, the, that's not what people mean when they say equality. Absolutely. What they mean is like mutual respect or mutual sure. like recognition. So I think that yeah. when people say we should have equality in, in the body of Christ, I don't know what you mean by that. Do you mean like, because we do in Christ, we, yeah. we, we are, do have equality. <laughs> no, no, no. We're one in Christ. Yeah. I don't think we have equality. Okay. okay. Here's what I mean is like in a cultural use of the word equality, like probably the women will always be better at taking care of people than the men. Probably. Probably. More compassionate, more tenderhearted. Yeah. Because the men are going to be the overseers will probably have a bigger voice. Probably. You know, so so like there's just so many nuances that we could say someone might go that's unequal. There will probably be more men in the history of the world would be warriors than women. Yeah. Yeah. There will probably be... (laughs) more professional football players that are men than women. Yeah. yeah. The, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, I, I'm yeah. just saying like, that's, that's what I mean by equality in the body yeah. of Christ. The goal can't be equality. We're one in Christ, which isn't, which isn't equality from a cultural perspective. It means that we all have the same salvation. Mm-hmm. We're all viewed in the eyes of God, yeah. exactly the same. But in terms of how we socially interact, the goal cannot be equality. Well, yeah. and what's interesting is made 
made male and female in his image, right? Back to Genesis 1. Um, and then the goal was that they would image him, that th- there was a, a partnership in that, that together they would image him. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, yeah, we are different. We're, yeah. Michelle and I are very different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, uh, she, she is way more attuned to compassion and mercy and grace than I am. And, um, but I, I, I don't know, you know, why like, does she not speak as much as you do? That's not very equal. Because <laughs> I'm loud. <laughs> you know I mean? It's just like, I just get sick of using that statement. I yeah, know that's yeah, yeah. not that's what really people typically mean, no. but that's what it implies. That's what the word implies. Yeah. When that, when that's one of those words too, that I don't, I don't think we should just personally, us three here, the way that we have conversations, I don't feel like we should bend the knee to culture in that. I think that we should help shape the culture in that. Absolutely. Realizing that that's not the word you mean. Like let's, let's add, change your uh, word. let's change your word. Yeah. Let's, let's clean up the language a little it's bit. A, it's a word that is probably, probably Josh, tell me with this when you figure it out later. It, my guess is the idea culturally of equality is probably rooted in some kind of like Marxist teaching is my <laughs> guess, my yeah, guess. Yeah. And it's one of those things we've brought into every aspect of culture. Yeah. Um, equity for sure is equality probably is mm-hmm. um, because I'm not sure ever what people mean by equal what I what I think yeah. people are after is what we actually have in the body of Christ is that we are all the same we're one that our yeah. skin color doesn't differentiate yeah. us our we're righteous race, we're forgiven we're loved yep. we're, yeah but, but that, that is based on Jesus and not us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something we attain or we strive yeah. for. It's literally what happens. It's, it's, you know what it is. It's Acts 1. It's the spirit now that rests in all of us. Mm-hmm. That is the power of God yeah. that lives in us that allows us to function that way. He says it in, in 1 Corinthians 12. Yeah. The spirit gives gifts as he chooses. It yeah. is his decision and how he decides to, to do those things. Yeah. It's, it's not like I had to wake up in the morning and go, you know what? I'd like to have this gift today. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the spirit that, that chooses that. And so we, it, I think it's just a, it's a dumb perspective to say, you know what, what I'm after is equality. Yeah. What I'm, what we're after is for people to know Jesus and how we paint a clear picture of Jesus is when the church, the body of Christ acts as one because yeah. we are one. Yeah. Well, and to your point, like when we, when we ask for volunteers at the church, when we ask for people to help with this thing or that thing, it's almost always women, mm-hmm. almost always. Yeah. And, and it, we're not going oh, for, for the service stuff. Yeah, for anything around the church. Well, you know, I, haven't, like, I haven't seen very many women who are signed up for the Handy Manny team. True, true. Yeah. Um, but the other ones are yeah, service-oriented. Yeah. yeah. But to that, uh, yeah, to that point, there was a woman who signed up for the Handy Manny. Yeah, cool. because, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she's like, oh, yeah, I love doing that stuff. But there are probably more women who signed up for the prayer team than men. Yep. There are probably more women who signed up for the hospitality team than men. Yep. Although yeah. that is changing I, a little bit. I, I don't know that we have, I think because I headed up that team. I don't know though. And I handed it over to Lucy. I don't know that, that we have any men on the prayer team other than me that gets that message. You know what I mean? Like mm. that she's sending out to people. Um, but it's just, it's one of those things. I also don't think that means there aren't men who love prayer. It's right. So, so yeah, in the exactly. yeah, same flip, yeah. I think that like, right. why do we not talk about that? When, if, if you're going to have a conversation about equality, mm-hmm. why yeah. do we not complain about why the women don't let them well, be part of the prayer? Yeah, exactly, and, yeah. and, you know, Peter goes and raises Dorcas from the dead in Acts yeah. nine and all the women are holding up clothes that she's made them and blankets that she's made them and like, man, she was such a blessing, but we don't, we don't see that in the Bible. Like Peter's not making blankets for people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and so, yeah, so the argument doesn't need to be equality. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think the argument, though, it needs to be that in Christ, like, I mean, it, we're, we're one in Jesus. We're righteous. We're holy. We're loved. We're forgiven. And there will be the Giles who mm-hmm. smash skulls, and there will be the Dorcases who make blankets, yep. and there will be the Lydias who invite people into their homes, and there will be the, the Mary and the Joannas who support the ministry of Christ, and there will be, but like, and, and there will be the Phoebe who's a deaconess and there will be the uh, Priscilla and Aquila who team together to, to plant churches in three different major yeah. cities in the, in the world in the first century. And, you know, like, but I, I think that the, I think that usually I'll just say this. Usually when I hear people talk about women, quote unquote, in the church, they go to first Corinthians 14 and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, golly, what a shallow, stupid view. And yeah. it's most likely contextually driven, just specifically referring to something that's going on in the in church Corinth. of Corinth. Yeah. yeah. That's happening over there in Greece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where culturally the women were the ones who were kind of seemingly leading things. They were the priestesses. Yeah. yeah. And so they're trying to fight against a, a cultural view. It's, it seems. it's bringing in your, bringing in your secular pagan culture into to the church, yeah. which you see all through 
the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Um, including what we call the Judaizers, doing yes. that from a Jewish mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. Um, including First John when he seems to be fighting these people who are like the pre-Gnostics. Yeah. And so there's all these cultural things that the New Testament writers are trying to fight against that stuff leaking into the church. And it just happens right. to be in Corinth that their cultural nuance is that the right. women in their culture in Corinth were the ones who were leading. Right. Yeah. What a great point. Because you don't hear a lot of people going through and like stripping. Well, I know we hear people take the Bible out of context all the time, but like trying to like hunt down modern day super apostles or whatever. Like, <laughs> I've, 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 yeah. yeah, I've got, I've got to go find these people. Like, they'll they'll read that part in context, but then you go to a discussion where like where Paul is addressing an issue, just like with the super apostles, yeah. he's addressing an issue. He's addressing an issue. They don't with, talk about that. I know exactly. Well, like, all women need to do this, or or, or right. a woman reading it feels degraded or feels let down because of that. So like, yeah, it's funny because hmm, just read the Bible it's, in context. It's man. convenient it's easy, it's so culturally much easier. to talk about it from that perspective. Yeah, it's convenient. It is, yeah. yeah. Come on, man. You know why we don't have those conversations often? It's because people that are dogmatic about that don't want to talk to people like us. That's true. Yeah. They want to talk to people they adamantly disagree with because they can then just argue with them and no one ever wins. What they don't want to talk to is someone who can actually ask them a legitimate question biblically that they're going to have a hard time answering. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So you proved me wrong, Ryan. There are women in the Bible. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And now you know. So yeah, simpler view of women in the Bible. They're there. <laughs> and can I make a really dumb side point? I'm gonna call yeah. it dumb because it's dumb. Even people say this. Uh, God has a gender in the Bible. God has a gender in the Bible. <laughs> Not yeah. related to this topic necessarily. No, but I yeah. just yeah. feel like I'm a. I, I feel like when people talk about women in the Bible, it's like all, all of a sudden someone goes, "Well, you know, God's like yeah. non-binary." I'm like, "Are you freaking kidding?" Me? <laughs> He's got a, it. Was so funny. Yeah, there was there was some meme I saw that was like. Um, if you, if you keep telling me to respect people's pronouns, I'm going to tell you to respect God's pronouns. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh oh man. You know, whose pronouns I don't respect though. Mm. That's Steven. Yeah. Steven. Steven. <laughs> uh, we're at the garden audio as always go, go to the social vanilla media. Cheetah. The vanilla, the <laughs> vanilla, vanilla men, hot cheetah. <laughs> vanilla cheetah would be good. disgusting. Actually, no, think about it. There was a, I need to find them. There was a, uh, Cheetos chilled that they did. They ran for a promotion. I think they were like frosted Cheetos that were Oof. like, that were supposed to be more vanilla, sugary, totally like more, more like uh, you think about like cinnamon twists, like I was that thinking texture. About if you take the cheese mm-hmm. out with, yeah. If you take the cheese out and just make the little puffy thing sweet. I mean, yeah, that's what they did. I, I, I they tried the uh, new uh, sweet barbecue Doritos the other day. I ate one chip and f- was done. Oh yes. I did good. not like their barbecue Doritos. That doesn't sound very good. No, it was horrible. Yeah, I was super disappointed. I'll take, I'll take was it cheesy it? with barbecue on it? No, I don't even know how to describe it. It just was not just good. Wasn't good. All right, sorry. There, back to no, it's back okay. To Estevin. Now, now I want to eat a lot of chips, uh, but not those chips. Estevin. Uh, Estevin. Go check out Steven at the Garden Audio on social media. We are uh, at Simpler Pod. Excuse me, and also tagged him with our show notes is all of our personal pages as well. So while you're on the social medias, uh, go over there, give us a follow, give us a like, wherever you're watching or listening to this, subscribe. Um, and as you see things shared, if you could help along with sharing that as well, with giving us a like, um, it's easy. It's easy today, especially with like the TikTok format, with the reels format to just keep scrolling, just keep scrolling. You know, I know. Yeah. Uh, to just keep scrolling through like giving our info to China. <laughs> to scroll through and just not interact. It's just an easy thing to just keep flowing through it. Uh, I think it's Instagram reels, YouTube we shorts. Need, we every, just need the heart in the little paper airplane. That's right. That's all you need is a boom, boom. And then you share and you add it to your Instagram story, share it to your Facebook feed, whatever you're on. Um, and in the midst of that as well, this isn't to just puff up our egos by any means, but rather just to build a community. These are conversations that we've seen uh, flourish or we've had conversations we've seen flourish over the past um, two and a half years or almost three years, almost three, almost three years in May. Wow. So, um, and the last two episodes we've done, I know you mentioned at the beginning of this one. I don't know if I mentioned last week, those were both questions that were submitted to us. And yeah. so yeah. we're addressing that we, we are literally having a conversation, all of us together. And so yeah. the more that we can share that and get that out there, the more that you guys can share it, wherever there's a review, leave a review. You can share that you're excited that you're a part of this conversation. Um, we would love it that we're, we're all learning and growing together for the sake of Christ. And speaking of Christ, uh, keep him as core. What right. could be easier than, or simpler than that? I messed wow. up our own branding, right? Three wow. years. I know, three years. What could be simpler than that? <laughs> our new podcast name is Easier. easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Change it up. <laughs> what could be simpler than that? We'll see y'all next week. Bye. That's simple.